Welcome to Shelf Life from Bristol Libraries. I'm Catherine and I'm Paul. This is a podcast about libraries, books and people. What are people taking out of the modern public library and what are they giving back? Who is keeping the shelves and the spaces between them vibrant and full of life? Plus we'll be delving into news about books, authors and events across Bristol's 27 libraries. So if you're interested in books or in people, Lend us your ears. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shelf Life. Welcome to Shelf Life. This is a new podcast from Bristol Libraries. My name is Catherine. My name is Sean. And my name's Paul. And we all work for Bristol Libraries. So we are really excited to be launching this new podcast that is all about libraries and the amazing things that go on in them and the people that work in them and most importantly, the people that use them. It's also going to be a place for us to talk about books and share some of our favourite books and what we're currently reading, as well as involving some really great interviews with lots of different partners that we work with. So for this episode, I interviewed Debbie Hicks, who's a founding member and creative director of the Reading Agency. So we're really pleased to be starting with them, as the Reading Agency delivers so much in libraries, from the like the Children's Summer Reading Challenge to the very popular books on prescription reading well lists, which have lists for everyone from children and young people to people with dementia and their carers, um, as well as quick reads for people not in the habit of reading and reading friends. So there's a lot about the social aspects of reading. And with Debbie having been there from the beginning, she sort of takes us on a journey through the reading agency. But before then, let's have a quick update from Bristol Libraries. Yeah, so libraries around the country, including Bristol libraries, are currently temporarily closed in response to coronavirus. This is one of the reasons that we think it's such an important time to be releasing this new podcast. Just want to let you all know that you're still able to join the library online. We'll post the link to the online membership in the show notes, so you'll be able to register as a member of the library there. You'll be able to access e-books, e-audiobooks, and lots of other e-resources through Libraries West. So Libraries West is a partnership of seven public library services in the southwest of England, and it's your portal to the online membership and e-resources. Really, really great news. This month, Libraries West have an additional £13.5,000 to purchase more e-books and more e-audiobooks. So there's going to be lots more to listen and to read. Before we listen to the interview with Debbie from the Reading Agency, I just wanted to ask you both, what books are you currently reading at the moment? I'm currently reading American Gods by Neil Gaiman. And why did you pick that one up, Sean? Well, I'd actually been recommended Good Omens by somebody who'd watched the TV show, but I I must have got confused and ordered the wrong book. Uh, (laughs) It's it's just a really good thing that I'm I'm enjoying American Gods, but maybe I'll get around to reading Good Omens afterwards. Um, Yeah, so I'm reading um, reading Rife, 21 Stories from Britain's Youth, edited by Nika Shukla and Sammy Jones. It's a non-fiction one. They're sort of essays, but with like a bit of a bit of personal story in, in all of them. And they take on things like housing and racism and sexism and mental health. So it's quite like serious subjects, but it's all sort of young people who've really like passionate about these things. So their passion really comes across and that makes it a bit of a page turner. And some of them are so funny. There's one about dating in the modern world and Tinder and stuff that was like... Yeah, had me good thinking. It was great. Um, so yeah, I've, I've nearly finished that one. That's a good read. Uh, what about you, Catherine? 
Um, I've read a couple of those, uh, those essays from Rife actually and thought they were really good as well. But yeah, so at the moment I am currently reading the latest book from Hilary Mantel, which is called The Mirror and the Light. It's the third in the series. So it follows on from the first two, which are Wolf Hall and then Bring Up the Bodies. If you don't know the series, um, it's basically all about the life of Thomas Cromwell, who was an advisor, a very powerful advisor to Henry VIII. It's not a light read. There's, there's a lot of beheading in it. And it is quite, yeah, it's quite a heavy read, but it is just fantastic in terms of like the characters and the character psychology. Yeah, so many people have recommended Wolf Hall to me. I should, yeah, I would like to read that. Yeah, I haven't read it. I think that, you know, they're such famous titles now. It's really worth getting around to reading it eventually. Yeah, I mean, it was such a hugely anticipated book when it came out last month. And I'd kind of been saving it up for a a, a good time to read it. Um, And so I started it at the beginning of this kind of lockdown period. So I've just been reading like 10 not a huge amount at the moment, actually, but sort of maybe 10 or 20 pages a day. So just a little bit. And it's, I found it really helpful to have like a quite a big book, just kind of on the go that you can just kind of read bit by bit each day. Yeah, like a little trickle of reading. Yeah, just kind of something to keep you going a little bit. There is a reason that people rave about this book so much. Um, yeah, it's because she is just an incredible writer. So yes, highly recommend. Cool. And yeah, here's the interview. This was recorded in January. And we've got a quick update from Debbie after the interview. My name's Debbie Hicks, and I'm the creative director at the Reading Agency and also a founder member of the charity. Uh, So we're a national charity focused on um, promoting reading. The idea of the Reading Agency was born as a sort of broker between external partners around supporting access to reading and using public libraries as that sort of conduit and development agency. We work with lots of other partners now. We work with prisons, we work with colleges and schools, um, we work with broadcasters, we work with publishers, but public libraries still drive our mission and vision. So um, what were the first projects that you did as the reading agency? Every public library authority was doing something really good in the summer with children. But, uh, you know, what we clearly saw working with our public library partners was was lots of potential to bring all of this together and amplify it through a national program so the starting point really was the summer reading challenge Mm. um that's now celebrated its 20th year this year it reaches over 700,000 children and families every year but that was the starting point for the reading agency model and the way we work and I think the unique thing about reading agency as a charity working in the reading sector is the fact that we actually cover the lifetime reading journey. It's cradle to the grave and it's all aspects of the reading journey. So supporting those that are less confident as readers or those just starting out or those that have lost their reading habit right through to the committed and passionate readers and how they can then become a channel for uh, supporting other people to get into reading. So could you go through a bit more specifically what some of those projects are and what's involved in them? So we are UK-wide. We reach 1.4 million people. We still see reading for pleasure as hugely important, but we also see that as now having evolved to mean reading for empowerment. So our work is, is now focused around 
using the proven power of reading to tackle life's big problems. And those problems that we're focusing on at the moment are very much uh, reading skills and confidence, health and well-being, and connecting communities to combating uh, social isolation. So if you think about that first area of building skills and confidence in readers, we have our summer reading challenge, which is uh, very much about building that reading habit in children and families and encouraging children to build their skills and confidence over the summer period. Uh, we have our Reading Ahead programme, which is a challenge for adult readers who may not be confident but want to get started with their reading. So it's a challenge to read six books and rec record their uh, reading experience in a diary and get a certificate at the end of it. But the other thing about, uh, you know, if you're working with encouraging uh, less confident readers, you have you need to have the right sort of content. So we also run a program called Quick Reads, which is an amazing program. We're just about to launch the 2020 series this year. And it's very much about providing easily accessible, short and engaging fiction written by brilliant writers, so professional writers specifically geared for emergent readers. So then if we move on, we've got our work around reading and health and our Reading World Books on Prescription model is a core strand of that work. And it's about providing curated reading lists that have been developed by health professionals and people with lived experience to recommend reading to help people understand and manage their health conditions. So there are five schemes within the programme. There's adult mental health, young people's mental health, support for managing long-term conditions, support for managing dementia and memory problems, and a scheme that, which has just hit the public library shelves is a scheme to help children and families understand and support mental health and well-being for children aged 7 to 11-year-olds. Well, we've been having these Reading Well promotions in Bristol libraries and, you know, they've been flying off the shelves and we've just, yeah. your new children's project has just gone up on the shelves in the last couple of weeks as well. So it's great seeing yeah. that happening. So, yeah, I, I would learn, love to hear about how that's progressed. When we started um, with the scheme in 2013, we launched our first mental health list. You know, what we absolutely wanted to do was to get this endorsed by health professionals. You know, we know that public libraries have been doing lots of individual work around books on prescription modelling, but what hadn't been there was that national endorsement from national health partners, such as the Royal College of GPs, the Royal College of Psychiatrists, you know, the British Psychological Society, NHS England. You know, we needed those behind the programme. But as the scheme has evolved, interestingly, we've done a lot of work with uh, people with lived experience of, of each of the areas of condition that we've been focusing on. And what's evolved is a really interesting discussion between health professionals and people with lived experience about what is accessible and engaging and useful. And everybody acknowledges that therapy books are important, but actually it's also really important to be able to see your story from a personal perspective to understand how someone else has coped with with the issues that you're facing how they've tackled them what sort of impact it had on on their lives and what sort of positive resolutions came out of that journey and what's really rewarding is the fact that we've taken our health partners 
on that journey with us. So they've moved from a position of just endorsing CBT and mindfulness type approaches to actually recognizing the value of fiction and personal stories in helping people to understand and manage their health and well-being. Reading as a health intervention is a very broad spectrum. So it's book-based therapy at one end, but it's also at the other end, it's using stories to understand personal experiences. It's using fiction and narrative as escapism and stress relief. And it's also using books and reading as a channel for volunteering. And they're all aspects, I think, of that health and well-being spectrum around reading. So, you know, it's book-based therapy, it's book groups and, and social connections, it's reading just as a way to take yourself off into another world. And that, you know, that is the complete health and well-being spectrum around reading, which makes it a really powerful tool in the health toolbox. Mm, absolutely. Um, the other area I would want to talk about in terms of our work is the role of reading as a social connector. We've all known for a very long time that reading does start conversations. You know, everybody wants to talk about the latest book that they've read or the character that they've enjoyed or the poem that they remember from childhood. And book groups are really important, not only as a way of promoting and encouraging reading, but also as a, as a fun thing to do to meet new friends as a social night out. And our Reading Friends programme focuses on, you know, using volunteers and using books and reading to start conversations with vulnerable and isolated older people. So Brian's story, so Brian is a boxer, uh, an ex-boxer who has dementia and is now very cut off from the world and his family. But he goes to his Reading Friends groups and his son says his eyes light up and that the old Brian comes back, you know. So... Um, and, and Brian's story actually is captured on our Reading Friends film, Yarn Nutter Blether, which is, um, you can find on the Reading uh, Friends website. But I think what's really interesting about how it's developed is, you know, lots of younger people have wanted to get involved, have, have come forward both as, you know, volunteers and also to be engaged in the programme. And so it's become really intergenerational and all the stats show us that as well as loneliness being a huge issue for older people, it's also a huge issue for younger people. So I can see that programme developing to reach all sorts of communities and ages using reading as a tool to connect people socially. So what is it that's prompted that change from focusing on reading for pleasure to reading as social change? I think that we're working, you know, we're now in a world where Everything has to be much harder edged, you know. So if we're delivering activities with public funding and public support, you know, we have to be really clear about the benefits that those activities are delivering. And there's no doubt that the evidence base around the value of reading as an intervention, as a social and, and personal support tool, is absolutely huge. You know, it supports life chances and opportunities. It's improves quality of life, it improves relationships and connects us up socially. So that's really powerful. But in able to be able to talk about that in a meaningful way, we need to have the evidence to prove it. And one of the things that we have developed with a huge range of partners across the sector, so other charities and academics, is a reading outcomes framework and toolkit, which clearly maps 
the outcomes and evidence for those outcomes. So what that's enabled us to do is to be consistent and robust in the way that we collect evidence, but also to support our partners across the sector in how they do that so that we can build this evidence base around the value of reading. And I would now say it's pretty strong. You know, there's lots of evidence for all the things I've talked about in terms of impact, and you can find evidence in the Reading Outcomes Framework and on our website. So if you had one takeaway message or action for the listeners, what would that be? If you don't read or you've lost the reading habit, I would say get started again. And quick reads are a really good way to start, you know, because they're bite-sized and they can get you back into reading, you know, without it being intimidating. So if I, I would say if you've lost the reading habit, get started again. If you're a passionate reader, share that passion with others. So recommend good books, lend a book, get others into reading. And obviously, I would say to everybody, make sure you join your local library because that is where you find your treasure trove of reading resources. You can experiment without it costing anything and you can find all sorts of new and surprising reads that you didn't think you'd like by just looking along the library shelves. Thanks. And have you personally got any favourite books that you that you recommend to people? Um, favourite books? Now, that's a really, really hard one. Um, I love all of the books that Kate Atkinson writes. Uh, I just think they're really great and quirky and have take a different view on the world. Um, I would recommend all of our new quick reads because I think they're all brilliant. And particularly the collection of short stories, A Fresh Start, because if you want nugget-sized reading as opposed to bite-sized, so I would say the quick reads are bite-sized, but in A Fresh Start, you've got lots of short stories by really great writers such as Jojo Moyes and Ian Rankin, you know, that are really great nuggets of reading that can get you started. So I think they would be my recommendation. Lovely, thank you. I just want to say that librarians and people that work in libraries are absolutely my favourite people. I think they're passionate and they're committed and they do a brilliant job. They love books and reading, but they also love people and understand their local communities. So I think they're absolute pioneers on the rock face of reader development, and I take my hat off to them. Brilliant. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Yeah. No problem. All right, then. All right, well, enjoy the rest of your week and good luck with your future projects. And you, and you. Thanks very much, Paul. Okay, yeah. All the bye best, bye. Debbie. Bye. So that was in January, and I caught up with Debbie again for a quick update on the 6th of April. So obviously the world has changed a lot in the last month with the new restrictions linked to COVID-19, but what we've done is been really busy creating a digital offer to keep a nation in self-isolation connected through reading. So the key developments that we're working on at the moment linked to creating uh, an online summer reading challenge to ensure that children can still read for pleasure over the summer. We're also working very hard around well, book night, which is 23rd of April, and this year we're going to be um, moving that into a digital space. And the big campaign focus with that is going to be um, hashtag reading hour, where we want to get the whole nation reading between 7 and 8 p.m. in the evening. So that will be an opportunity for us all to join together to talk about and share reading. We've also created a toolkit to help 
people stay connected through reading, digital and online, which is available on our website. And linked to that, we're creating a hub where we're bringing a whole lot of material together to support reading in, uh, you know, in these difficult times. Yeah, I've read the um, toolkit for staying connected, and it's really useful, actually. We're starting to try to enact some of that in our libraries. Right. I'm excited to see how, like, the hashtag reading hour goes and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I think they're the key things, isn't it? A virtual summer reading challenge, world book night, and, yeah. you know, just trying to keep activity going. So the Reading Agency Hub, that will offer free resources in an easy-to-access space on the website, and it will include downloadable activities, book reviews, book lists, guides to set up a virtual book club and many and lots of other things and a link across to the hub will be signposted on the home page of the website um you were recommending kate atkinson last time we talked i've just started yeah. reading life after life Do you like it um yeah i love it yeah she's amazing i think anything you read of, and her stuff is all really different you know so there's yeah. her detective novels like the jackson Brody ones and then i just read transcription by her uh, which is again really different. So, yeah. you know, whatever you read by her is is brilliant. I think I think she's better than Hilary Mantel. I do. Oh. But similarly, is quirky. Uh, well, hopefully one day we'll meet in in person. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> all right then. Bye, all right. Paul. All the best of you. Bye. All right. So, yeah, did any of you have any thoughts sparked by that interview? Yeah, I mean, I just thought that what was really amazing was the scope of the work that the reading agency do because they're all about motivating just all different ages of readers. So from children right through to adults and also all different stages of reader development. So, you know, they've got resources and they kind of provide inspiration for really passionate and committed readers, but then how they can also sort of spread that love of reading for pleasure. So, you know, to help support people that have maybe gotten out of the habit of reading or people that have never enjoyed it and have never loved reading. So, I mean, really, they reach out to all of these different groups of readers and non-readers. And I just think, yeah, it's the scope of that work that I think is just really, really amazing. Yeah, I was really impressed by the personal stories that have been added to the Reading Well book list. Things like novels and autobiographies that be mentioned I thought that was really cool because you know sometimes you want something a bit more personal to you and personal to your experiences and having that in the book list as well as sort of workbooks which are endorsed by health professionals I thought was really important mm, yeah I like that the way they don't just involve the health professionals but also people in the sort of target audience yeah, that they're trying yeah. to reach with the books so they're actually involved in picking those books and yeah, I guess for me, it helps me reflect on like, oh, how does reading affect my mental health? And like, actually, yeah, I think reading books does sort of chill me out a bit and also got me thinking about how, particularly at the moment with everything going on, my focus has been a bit all over the place and actually I have to sort of be a bit more what's the word, disciplined in order to actually put some time aside to read. And when I do, it kind of helps. Like I need to you know, put my phone away for a minute and, and have an hour reading and that. Yeah. Um, it's really nice when I do remind myself to do that. Yeah, lot, lots of people at the moment um, I know are really, really struggling to concentrate on reading like physical books. I, I know I am. I tend to use audiobooks. So BorrowBox is one of the e-audiobook services that the library has to offer. I tend to use e-audiobooks when I'm doing something else to kind of just quiet my mind. A bit like you've said, it chills you out. I use audiobooks like when I'm not really able to have a physical book with me. So public transport, maybe if I'm cooking, 
but I'm really excited. I've, I've just got a copy of Girl, Woman, Other, who, uh, which is by Bernadine Evaristo. And I got that. I got that through Borrow Box. I haven't started it yet, but I know it's received really, really good reviews. So I'm really looking forward to reading, uh, hearing that and reading it. Yeah, I read that. I think that was one of, one of my favourite books that I read last year. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's really fantastic. It's kind of like, it's almost like lots of different short stories, but lots of different characters and they all link together. So it, it does make this overall novel. But yeah, no, I completely loved it. I, think. I imagine we're going to have a good chat about that afterwards. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've actually just done the same. So on the weekend, um, through Borrow Box, I... So I was meant to be reading, and I have a physical copy of the book. So it's, um, it's Orlando by Virginia Woolf. I've never read any Virginia Woolf before. You know, I was really looking forward to giving it a go. But it's, um, it's something about the writing style, because it's quite like stream of consciousness, that it just makes it really quite difficult to read. Though mm. so I, I tried it as a physical book um, and just wasn't really getting on with it. But then over the weekend, I um, downloaded the audiobook through BorrowBox. And I just, I had it on in the background. Uh, so I was painting my house, actually. So I was painting, painting windowsills over the weekend and I just had the audiobook on. And it was the most therapeutic thing. So I think, yeah, it's just such a good thing to have going on in the background whilst you're doing something else. I think that's a great way of reading at the moment if, if there are people out there that are struggling to concentrate on a physical book. Did yeah. you get on better with it as an e-audiobook? Yeah, I did. I did. And I think it's because it's like, because of the style and the kind of stream of consciousness if you're listening to it, you can just kind of like let it wash over you. Yeah. So rather than if you're trying to, if you're reading it and you get caught up on each different sentence and each different word and you're, you're not really sure what's going on. But if you're just kind of listening to it, it was a different experience, but I liked it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, actually. I thought it was great to listen to. Cool. So an idea that we've had for a feature for this podcast is something called Library Treasures. So for each episode, we want to bring you something that we consider to be like a library treasure. So it could be... Uh, a physical item from the library or a particular service that we wanted to talk about and let you know what's going on. And um, so, yes, yeah, so that's a feature that we're currently thinking about doing for each episode. So introducing our first library treasures. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think for me, my library treasure at the moment is, well, because the libraries are temporarily closed, Bristol libraries are bringing more of their services online. Something new that we've got is there's currently online story times for younger children, which are on Facebook. Um, so that's a, a live video of someone reading storybooks. Those are weekdays, so Monday to Friday, 2pm, about 15, 30 minutes. And Catherine from the podcast is actually one of the people who's been reading the stories live so far. Yeah. This has been really fun. This has been like a really nice thing. Um, and it's given me a little bit of structure to my day, actually. So I've really enjoyed it. So, yeah, it's a live stream and it's on Facebook. So Monday to Friday. And um, it's not always me. Um, we're all going to be sort of taking it in turns. So there are other people that work at the library are also going to be helping out and reading stories. Um, but, yeah, join us at two o'clock on Facebook for a couple of picture book stories. Um, yeah, these are uncertain times. Um, and I think it's really nice for online story times to, to try and bring some routine into families' lives. Yeah. Yeah, and we've got, we're putting other things up on Facebook and so on. So, like, there's a new Bristol Libraries Crime Reading Group on Facebook, so you can join that. And World Cup of Books, which I think is under hashtag World Cup of Books 2020, where you can vote for your favourite books in each sort of match, where two go up against each other and then they sort of, 
whoever gets the most votes, that book goes through to the next round and so on. So we see what our favourite one is. So we took that list mostly from seeing what the most popular books are that go out in Bristol libraries. And we've got some other little projects in the pipeline and other library authorities have been doing things as well. So check out hashtag libraries from home to see what's going on around the world. Yeah, if, if you want to talk about anything that you've heard in the podcast today, we'd love to hear from you. So please use the hashtag Shelf Life Bristol on social media. Yeah, we really, really would like to hear your responses to our first episode of this new podcast. So thanks so much for listening and uh, bye for now. Bye. bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Shelf Life. Please subscribe, rate and review us wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at library.ideas at bristol.gov.uk or find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Bristol Libraries. We hope to see you again for the next episode of Shelf Life.